Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Baptism, is it necessary? The key verses are Mark 16, 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And then Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And baptizing these verses means to make whelmed. It means fully wet. And it's just the word we get, the baptism, baptist, baptized. Before I get started, though, let me, let me say something, please. This is going to address uh, an issue that many may find upsetting because it will challenge many creedal beliefs of other denominations that teach contrary to what the Bible clearly says. In my devotions, I go to the Bible and pull out what the Bible says and try to interpret it by the light of the Spirit and in the context and spirit of which Jesus and his people spoke his word and by their actions uh, into the biblical record. So please keep this in mind. Um, and, and I believe it's a message of internal uh, importance, which we'll examine in just a moment. So here it goes. Baptism will not save us. And that's because it's simply an outward ceremony of an inward work. It's a work performed by the Holy Spirit. And any teaching or doctrine or creeds that claim otherwise are false. And I chose the key verses as such because they contain the basis for much of the false teaching. Not on the scripture's part, no, on the part of man's interpretation of these verses as they concern salvation. Listen as Jesus explains the plight of those who thought they belonged to him. The account is found in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, and it's at the end time judgment as Jesus separates his people from those who do not belong to him. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. See if you can to imagine what that will be like for so many as their eternal destination changes from what they thought to a horrifying eternity in hell. Now, I will show in this episode that salvation is a free gift to us, though it costs Jesus his life, and that after a torturous death. Also keep in mind, when a verse seems to contradict free salvation, we'll interpret Scripture with Scripture, and look at the context of these verses that seem to require baptism for salvation. The devotion focus, is baptism necessary? And if so, how so? So baptism should be a simple, straightforward practice for Christians. Instead, it's become a complicated hindrance to people entering heaven when they fall for the false teaching that baptism is all we need to go to heaven. So listen. How does dipping into water or being sprinkled in any way provide forgiveness of sin by God? 
Now, this is an insult to Jesus in light of what he suffered on the cross. And if there was any other way for God to grant us forgiveness for sin other than the sacrifice of his son's life on that cross, he would have granted it when Jesus asked for it. Now, listen to the Son of God talking to his father in Gethsemane the night before he was put to death. This is found in Matthew 26, 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then in Matthew 26, 42, again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Now, the word cup in these verses is analogous to an ordeal, and it was the ordeal of the cross. Now, I know the focus of this episode may offend many well-meaning people because it reveals a flaw in mainline denominations today, and that is of a works-based salvation. In proclaiming that we cannot earn God's approval or earn our way to heaven by being good people is an open rebuke. But more importantly, it's the cause of many entering hell every day. And I've had numerous times when trying to witness the gospel to people tell me they don't need religion, they don't need the Bible, because they are good people. They've never killed anyone, they don't steal, and they're honest. And this is a very common answer. So what these people are saying is they're going to face God on their own terms. But listen, God is a perfect God, and he demands a perfect life. And the Bible teaches only one human being has ever lived that perfect life, and that was when God himself, God the Son, became a man, lived as a human being, and lived that perfect life. Only then could a man offer a sinless sacrifice to God for sin. I've studied the world's major religions, and they fall into one of two categories. The first is a works-based effort to either achieve forgiveness or acceptance from God or enlightenment toward becoming perfect. And Hindus know that one lifetime isn't long enough to become perfect, and that's where their belief in reincarnation comes in. And the second is a free gift through belief in the atonement of Jesus' blood on the cross, period. Now, that second belief system is Christianity. It contains our faith-based belief in salvation. And then why did Jesus teach the need to be baptized and was baptized himself if all that's needed for heaven is faith in his death on that cross? Well, this is a really good question, and the Bible has the answer. Throughout the Bible, faith is the main thing required of God's people. And then comes repentance, obedience to holy living, etc. But faith, belief in the Word of God and its requirement upon us is everything. Listen to Jesus explaining this to a priest one night. It's in John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? 
Verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In verse 7, Jesus continues, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And then later in verse 14, Jesus goes on to explain, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Verse 15, That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Think about this. These verses record the Son of God talking to a priest who recognized something different about Jesus. In verse 2, we read, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. And then Jesus cuts through to the heart of the matter concerning not only this ruler in the Pharisee sect with his question, but also for the human race. Listen once more to John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, have you noticed there's been no mention of having to be baptized? And listen, I'm not saying baptism isn't important. It is. It's just that it's not necessary in, in order to go to heaven when you die. So what is baptism then? That's another good question with a simple answer. It is an outward sign of an inward transformation when we are born again. The immersion, baptized means to submerge, by the way. It symbolizes our death, burial, and resurrection. It's a one-time act of obedience after becoming a child of God through faith in His Son's atoning death for sin. Salvation only comes through the belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus from the grave. Baptism is therefore an act of obedience after salvation. When Jesus came to John the baptizer for baptism, John objected. In Matthew 3.13, we read, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Verse 14, And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized of you, and you are coming to me? Verse 15, But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Now, this is from the Believer's Bible Commentary in the Esword program about verses 14 and 15 of Matthew chapter 3. Realizing that Jesus had no sins of which to repent, John protested against baptizing him. It was a true instinct that led him to suggest that the proper order would be for Jesus to baptize him, John. Jesus did not deny this. He simply repeated his request for baptism as a fitting way in which to fulfill all righteousness. He felt it appropriate that in baptism he identify himself with those godly Israelites who were coming to be baptized unto repentance. But there was an even deeper meaning. Baptism for him was a ritual symbolizing the way in which he would fulfill 
all the righteous claims of God against man's sin. His immersion typified his baptism in the waters of God's judgment at Calvary. His emergence from the water foreshadowed his resurrection. And so by death, burial, and resurrection, he would satisfy the demands of divine justice and provide a righteous basis by which sinners could be justified. Now, in summary, baptism is an outward and somewhat public identification with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's also a declaration of your faith, and it's an act of obedience. And so the action to consider is to believe in the biblical sense is more than intellectual assent to a truth. You know it takes more than belief when it comes to taking life-saving medicine. It takes application for anyone wanting to be saved, to have a loving relationship with God's Son, and this is done by prayer and a repentant heart. Now, for the Christian who hasn't obeyed concerning baptism, now is a good time to prayerfully go to God and tell Him of your decision to be baptized, and then find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching pastor and tell him of your need to be baptized. He'll know what to do. Next week's devotion is What is Our Part in God's Glory? You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.